ladies and gentlemen, this is Mike with Crash the Net. As always, my guest at this time, Dylan Sobo. Dylan, how you feeling? Pretty good today, Mikey. Unfortunately, we have some somber news in the hockey community today with um, the passing of Tony Esposito to pancreatic cancer shortly after his wife Marilyn passed last year. So the Bolts and Chicago are taking a hard one today. Yeah, it was the brother of Phil Esposito, the founder of the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, practically made the butterfly famous. So uh, really sad news to hear today. Uh, passing of the age of 78. Again, like Dylan said, with, after a battle with pancreatic cancer, very sad to hear. I'm sure that Phil and the rest of the Lightning organization will be mourning and will do something uh, probably at the beginning of the season uh, in memory of Tony Esposito. Absolutely. And on a personal note, my parents were fortunate enough to have his autograph and sign a stick at events and things like that. But, man, it's just rough that you, you lose a great one, especially in a year as tough as this one, you know. Yeah, things are getting tougher and tougher. Uh, but with the toughness comes uh, a positive note in toughness. As Yegor Sharangovich of the New Jersey Devil signs a two-year contract extension for two million two uh, for two million dollars. Excuse me. Uh, after his first season, um, after this past season, his rookie season, he scored 16 goals, had 14 assists, and finished the season out with 30 points. Pretty good for the up-and-coming rookie. Yeah, I'm happy with those numbers, Mikey, especially for the Devils who've been struggling as of late. You know, um, we spoke in a call earlier, and since 2003, you know, the Devils, I don't want to say have been completely irrelevant, but irrelevant enough to, like, you know, most people don't want to count them in as contenders. But I feel like with rookies putting up numbers like these and with Igor's numbers um, avoiding penalties as well, he did not have that many penalty minutes Um playing in his rookie season so if you can keep those penalty minutes down you're in for some success against tough teams that are really good on the power play yeah he plays real smart really defensive hockey tries to stay out of the box uh very passionate he plays phenomenally so i'm looking forward to seeing what he does in the coming years the that team like i said in the past uh, they they were always cup runners from 95 to about 2003 they always had a little bit of adversity, but like you got, you had guys on that team like Peter Sikora, Jay Pandolfo, Brian Rafalski, Scott Niedermeyer. The list can go on and on, you know. But you're never gonna see guys like that ever again. Oh yeah, for sure. At least not in the near future. But no. hopefully, one of these little guys skating around at skate and shoots and wherever else they're playing hockey travel. Hopefully one of those guys will be a shining star in the league one day. Absolutely. Uh, more hockey news. Uh, Brandon Saad appears to be on the move. New Jersey Devils uh, looking out for him. The Colorado Avalanche as well as the Carolina Hurricanes making offers with Colorado being the front runners. I'm not too sure about this one, Mikey, because he's on the Blues currently. He's got a no-move clause. And I just feel like his name's been floating around and floating around and just nothing's been doing. But my pick where he goes was originally New Jersey, but a deal was supposedly to tar to the Blues in order to earn potentially Brandon Saad. But now with Tatar signed, I really don't know if the Blues are willing to move this guy. So we'll just have to see this um, waiting game here. But if Colorado takes him again, Man, it'll be interesting. This guy's being sent for a whirling dervish where he's currently living at this point. Yeah, I, with Brandon Saad, I kind of expect him to go to Colorado. I know that they're the front runners. I don't know what their cap situation is like right now. But uh, Brandon Saad could do damage in Colorado. I mean, they have Nathan McKinnon. That entire team over there is phenomenal. Very expensive. Him. Very expensive. Hey, very expensive. The Lightning are very expensive too. And look where look where they're at. They're they're looking oh, to try well, to three peat this I season. Mean, we're we'll, we're we'll pretty expensive the team. Soon, but oh my goodness, I we have the we have literally the greatest GM, pretty much ever. And I'm in full support of the um, the apprentice surpassing the master. 
and the master here being uh, Steve Eiserman. Hey, don't count your eggs before they hatch here. You know, there I can see Andre Pilat being on the move. You never know. Eiserman has already picked up on a few players, Adam Ernie being one of them over in Detroit. He might be looking to reform uh, something of his former team. Uh, I hear that he's trying to sign some Russians over into Detroit. So if that's the case, Steve Eisenman may be looking to do damage to and make Detroit his hometown, of course, and where he made his career known. That'll be interesting to see because, I mean, you're you're probably right when you think about it because if Andre Pilat's loyalties with Steve Eisenman and Steve gives him an offer, man, he might as well take it. But you, if if he does take it, you know Julian's got a counter plan. He's got to I don't know at this what point. that counter plan is because he, he's yanking stuff out of his hat. Yeah, I mean, if we're looking at the cap situation right now, like the Lightning are, I want to say it's 0.5 below what we're, what the, to be compliant is. We're just below the line. Oh, I was under the impression it was like $9,000 and change under. I think that's what it is. You may be right. Nine thousand dollars, under amazing, under nine thousand. And I'm I'm just thinking about what the Lightning are gonna have to deal with. Um, if worst came to worst, with Brent Seabrook, if he stays on LTIR, the Lightning have nothing to worry about. But if for some reason, worst came to worst scenario, halfway halfway through the season, he says, you know what, I think I'm ready to play then the Lightning are in for a good deal of trouble with their cap. They're going to have to look at starting to make moves, at least one or two moves before the season starts. They have to be cap compliant by the end of training camp. I know we don't know when that date is, but they have to be cap compliant by that time. Preseason's coming up. Yep, yep. The last day of training camp. Or the day after the last day of training camp. Right. Everybody has to be under that number. Yep, exactly right. With that, the NHL cap is projected to climb a million next season, uh, from to eighty-two and a half million. What are they gonna say next season if the Lightning threepeat? Nineteen million over the cap? I have no idea, but it sounds to me with this number increasing, it just sounds like uh, a gift card for Brisebois and, and other parties as well. I mean, other other organizations. I mean, I'm sure there are great GMs out there. I don't know much about them, but. Uh, all my news is Bryce Bob, Bryce Bob, Bryce Bob. Yeah, Julian Breezeball. him a million dollar gift card. We'll see what happens. Yeah, Julian Breezeball has been doing a great job as uh, acting GM for this team. Definitely knows what he's doing. He got a few tips from Steve Eisman while Steve Eisman was here. But um, looking forward to what he does. I expect if Pilat is on the move and if that's the case where his loyalties lie with Steve Eisman, that. Breezewall can definitely look at somebody in uh in the draft that we picked up. Maybe even look at Syracuse and see what happens there. But I definitely expect that he'll be ready for any moves uh that will be made. Yes, for sure. For sure. Also, uh former Columbus head coach John Tortorella is has been hired by ESPN as an analyst. <laughs> the guy who who started uh something with Patrick Lyonet on the bench is going to be the one that has no censor, is going to be on ESPN as an analyst. Your thoughts? How do you, I'm going to ask you how you feel about this first, Mikey. Uh, to me, this is a little awkward because we all know John Tortorella doesn't have a censor. He says exactly how he feels in the moment, and nine times out of ten, it's never anything good. <laughs> so That's I, why I love this so much. I mean, yes, it's awkward, and, like, it'll be interesting to see him live on air, but when you're partnered up on the same um, network as guys who are, like, the diehards, like Stephen A. Smith, Max Kellerman, John at each other all day, now you're with Barry Melrose, and you have John Tortorella, and I hope they do a collaboration of some sort, because I would love to see that. The NFL had John Madden. The NBA has Stephen A. Smith. The UFC has Joe Rogan. And now the NHL will have John Tortorella as its front man as an ESPN analyst. 
That is going to be something funny to watch when it comes to fruition. I would love to hear what John Tortorella has to say, put his two cents into every game that he watches. I love it. It'll be interesting to see what what he has to say about Columbus and and the Bolts as well. But he also, in his um, time in the league, um, coached Vancouver, the Rangers, the Bolts, and as most recently, he coached um, the Blue Jackets. So he he has his fair share around the league. Yeah, he's he's very smart as a coach. At least when he was down with Tampa Bay, like he was a very intelligent coach but when it came to Columbus the only shining moment that you saw from him there was when the Lightning were swept in 2019 after that he didn't really do anything as the Lightning overcame them in 2020 and then uh yeah. the Lightning win- winning the cup again in 2021 so there not much has came to light about uh John Tortorella after um after leaving his former teams so I'll look to see what he does later on uh, also, uh, former teammate Pierre-Luc Dubois will change his number to number 80 in honor of his fallen teammate Mattis Kivlenix, who passed away in a fireworks accident on the 4th of July. I saw this on the news, and I, I wish I remember um, which network I was. I know, I know it, I saw it on my Twitter um, the morning that it occurred. I believe it was in the morning time, or I found out the morning after the 4th of July but I was just heartbroken and then the story gets released of exactly what happened and the fact of the matter is is that this world that we're living in currently needs more peace needs more people like Matisse this like like hero of a man jumps in front of a family to save their life and then takes his own at the same time like a split second decision and it changes everyone's life and outlook on things completely but the two people i think most affected by this were obviously pierre-luc dubois and um felino i can't remember what team he's on currently but i know they were teammates at some point and i know they had a huge embrace at the end of a game and um i'm actually getting emotional talking about this yeah. But yeah, Felino had great comments that he made for the family and everything. Yeah. But yeah, my heart goes out to him and his family. Yeah, absolutely. It was at first it was reported that uh, he had trauma to the head uh, after falling out of the hot tub and uh, you know helping out a family and taking his own life in the end. Um, but it was a. Uh, at the end, the toxicology reports and everything reported that he had, um, it was chest trauma. Yeah, it was the firework that initially did it. And thankfully, painless as far as I know, there was no head trauma there. Um, man, rough, rough. But a hero is somewhere inside of everybody. It's a matter of just finding it and at what time you find it. But yeah. um, I believe one of the one of the youngest ones that he saved if i'm not mistaken the kids named after him absolutely i do remember yeah. hearing that but and it also another uh similar positive note about heroes in the league i think the nhl and the buffalo sabers have to have some kind of heroism here as jack eichel's <laughs> trade situation comes to light uh, Jack Eichel looking to be traded from Buffalo, but the their general manager, uh, are they're looking at a bunch of options right now, and we have no idea what those options are at this time, but we look forward to wherever Jack goes because great goal scorer, great forward, very fast. Uh, we saw him in the All Star, All Star uh, Championships, All Star Game, and All Star Weekend back in 2018 where he came up I want to say third place against Connor McDavid in our own Brayden Point in uh the speed challenge so Jack Eichel being up there one of the fastest skaters definitely I think could use a little bit of a boost playing for a better team so if we don't know where he's going at this point in time who do you think is going to be the replacement on the Sabres as captain 
I'm going to have to go with Jeff Skinner, veteran in the league, came from Carolina, great goal scorer for them, came up to uh, Buffalo, also a great goal scorer for them. This guy puts pucks in the back of the net like no other. Expect him to be the captain after Jack Eichel leaves. Yeah, I would say the same. I would say Jeff Skinner as well. Just a, great a player, lot of, great man on off the ice as well. Yep, a lot, a lot of different other. He'll deserve it. He'll deserve it. Absolutely, a lot of different other moves. Uh, New Jersey signs Tomash Tatar to a two-year, nine million dollar contract. Your thoughts? I like Tatar. He he definitely has some experience around the league for sure. Um, well, I believe he will fit in on Jersey's roster. I wouldn't say probably a top liner, but definitely two solid three. And then you might see him on some special teams as well. So I think it's a good signing, and he's got um, young guys around him too to make him successful. Absolutely, New Jersey can use all of the all of the pressure it can get with. Uh with these players, Tomasha Tar being one of them and Yegor Sharangovich, they definitely need a lot more power and a lot more depth as uh, we get closer yeah. and closer to the season. We also yeah. see You'll get depth from him, yes. We you will get depth from him. We also see Darnell Nurse signing an eight year seventy four million dollar contract with the Edmonton Oilers. I to me, I think that this price is way too high for Darnell. Oh, this price is way too high, and I'm pulling it up right now. I have a comparison in terms of pay grade with this guy to Victor Hedman. So Hedman, he's about halfway through his eight-year salary. Um, he's got eight years, $63 million, and Darnell just signed eight years, $74 million, which is significantly more money than arguably one of the best defensemen in the league right now absolutely like um he does so well in edmonton i don't think that 74 million for over those eight years is uh the price that they should have given him i think if anything it should have been in the price range between 54 and 64 uh, it, it's just way yes, too definitely high definitely more realistic to victor's side if you're going to sign this man for so long but on Edmonton he will you will see eight years out of the man is he worth the money most likely not now I had a dig pretty deep for this stat here mm. but on March 20th 2021 um both of these teams played so the Bolts played against Chicago at home and Edmonton played against Winnipeg at home now each of these defensemen had their best overall um, plus minus of the season on the same exact day. Right. So Hedman ended up with plus three with three assists uh, and um, totaling three points, which is obviously plus three. So each time he was on the ice, he, I, he passed the puck to somebody who put it in the back of the net. Right. In the time span of 20 minutes and 30 seconds, just about. Now, Darnell, on the other hand, had six and a half more minutes than um, Hedman did on the same day. He totaled a plus four, scoring only one goal and one assist, which is two points. So that's two times he was on the ice, didn't include himself in the scoring play, and just happened to be out there. So I understand this is one game, and over the course of 2021, he had a fantastic season, which I, I believe he totaled like a, like a plus minus of 27. Correct. Which is like ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Correct. Uh, but obviously when you have that much time on ice, you're going to put up numbers like that. But I just feel like you take that one game and you span it out over the course of this man's salary. If you're on the ice doing half of what you possibly could for what you're being paid, I, I don't know if this is going to pay off for him, Mikey. It's actually his best season in the league to date this past season. Which uh, is why I figured he got the um, the uh, contract that he did. I mean, Because it, it was indeed his like his top year. 
I mean, he hasn't had bad seasons. I mean, you can say that his worst season was when he first came into the league in the 2014-15 season. But, like, after, with the 56-game season, he came out with 16 goals, 20 assists, and came out with 36 points. And like you said, with a plus-minus of 27. Not bad for this guy. Like, uh, and in seasons past, in the 2018-19 season, he played in 82 games, had 10 goals, 31 assists, 41 points. Didn't have that great a plus-minus with a minus 5. But he played phenomenally. Like, the... Yeah, not that obviously. he. Not and that you're he, backing up guys like McDavid and Drysital. Man, you got to be feeling pretty good about yourself at the end of every single game. Not that he deserves the 74 million, but he does deserve around the 54 to 64 million dollar range. Not knocking Edmonton, but you know they have to start looking at a little bit of reality. I think that they have to do the same. They have the same problems, and they have to do the same thing that New Jersey is doing right now. They have to start drafting well. And they have to start looking into their farm teams, into their AHL affiliates, and the ECHL, and the OHL, the WHL. They need to look at everything and all of their options because Connor McDavid, yeah. Darnell Nurse, and Leon Dreisaitl cannot be the only three guys on the ice that yep. accumulate more points in the entire team. For better affordability as well because you can't max out these guys' contracts and then it's like, okay, what are you going to spend the rest of your money on? Absolutely. With that... We jump into a juicy topic in the Winter Olympics. Now, as we know, the NHL hasn't participated in the Olympics in quite some time. And Bettman hasn't assured any of the teams of any of its players that they will participate in this year's Olympics. Your thoughts? I feel like... I might be the only one saying this, but I feel like Crosby is always in the Olympics. Is it just is it just me? No, I mean I think Alex Ovechkin was in there at one point. I feel like it's always Crosby this, Crosby that, whenever whenever um Canada plays. But who knows? I could be wrong. But I love the coaching staff. <laughs> oh, I know you do. Because uh, the head coaching job goes to our very own John Cooper of the Tampa Bay Lightning, two-time Stanley Cup champion. You know, but besides that, you're backed up by literally three of the greats that are in the league right now. Barry Trotz. And I do not like Barry Trotz at all, except when he's on when he's on the Olympics team, you know, because I, I got to support our, our hometown boy. Yeah, Barry Trotz, Pete DeBoer, and Bruce Cassidy. Yeah. And for those who don't know, that would be the Islanders, the Sharks, and um oh no vegas the islanders vegas and the bruins absolutely we just uh i think you forgot that pete DeBoer is no longer with the sharks <laughs> yeah well i said vegas I, I caught myself but yeah he he did great things for the sharks yeah yeah i almost forgot about that move as well as gerard gallant became the coach of new york <laughs> yeah yeah definitely we had some coaching shuffles going on but we do our best absolutely uh, Dylan, I have heard that you have somebody that would like to communicate. Yes, absolutely. So I believe we were talking about it on our last show that we wanted to do kind of a introduce the um, public into our show, Crash Net. Absolutely. So I reached out. I found a buddy of mine who dabbles into hockey. I don't want to say is a diehard fan like myself, um, my family, you might but um, enough that is knowledgeable and wants to get into it. So we're going to go ahead and add him to the call here. Shouldn't take me too long. In the meantime, we'll talk about how the Tampa Bay Lightning have signed, finally, Ross Colton to his two-year $1.125 million deal after his first season in the league. Ross Colton deserves it. He was supposed to have his arbitration hearing set for Monday, August 16th, but both sides finally came to a consensus and uh, came to this deal, and I, I like it for right now. I assume that after those two years are up, that number is going to skyrocket. I wouldn't be surprised if I see him in the five-year, $5 million deal, maybe even in the $7 million deal later on. Yeah. 
And here I am back with my pal Jesse here, who's one of our guests on Crash the Net. Welcome, Jesse. Thank you, Dylan. Uh, it's great to be here, man. Thank you so much for inviting me on. You're Absolutely. welcome. Well deserved. And um, Mike, do you have any questions for Jesse? Uh, Jesse, uh, favorite team and why? Um, so I'm indifferent, actually. I don't have a favorite team at the moment. So how I got into hockey, actually, was because of Dylan here and because of other friends as well. And then I also play Rocket League a lot. I recently got into esports. So I'm kind of just partial to the sport, and I really just enjoy watching um uh, people having fun and really just enjoy watching other people, uh, you know, just enjoying themselves with what they do. And from what I've seen with hockey, it's really just a huge family and everyone supports each other. And it's just huge, man. So you watch it for the aspect of hockey itself, or do you watch it specifically to like see the fights, the scoring? Like, Oh no, I, I watch it just to watch hockey itself. It's just a great sport. So the environment, that's awesome. That's yeah. really cool. You said that, you, that Dylan here got you into it. What, what did he do to get you into it? Uh, so really, uh, Dylan and I met a few years ago back at Florida Gulf Coast University um, watching NCAA basketball for uh, the Florida Gulf Coast Eagles. And... He brought up to me that he's really into hockey as well. So I figured, you know what, I might as well try and get into the game and try and watch it a little bit. And since then, it's just been fun to watch. Yeah, and I believe we dabbled a little bit into the um, NHL games on Xbox and stuff like that versus yes, each other. Obviously, it was very, very one-sided, but still, it's enjoyable to play games together and watch and watch each other grow. You know, at one point, I was better than this man at Rocket League. And all of a sudden, uh, that went downhill very good fast. <laughs> it, it was about like two years. I I just skyrocketed past him. <laughs> We're still waiting on the NHL 22 game cover. Everybody on Twitter has been asking and seeing, <laughs> are the Lightning finally going to get their guy on the front? If, if it's me and just me, I would assume that either Braden Point and Rikita Kudrov stands on the front cover. Oh, I really want to see Braden on that cover, man. He deserves oh, it. Braden's point on the cover is pretty sick. I mean, he's had so many phenomenal seasons since coming into the league in, like, what was it, 2016, 2017? Must have. He's been in forever. This this kid has done phenomenal things. Like, Barkov used to be the, the shootout guy. I've said this time and time again. Barkov used to be the shootout guy. Now it's Braden Point. Bar he's making Barkov look like he doesn't exist. Um, so I guess what questions I have for you, Michael, um, I asked Dylan this a little while ago before getting on the podcast, but right. I'd like to ask him again, and I'd like to also ask you, sure. what got you guys into hockey, and uh, what do you guys enjoy about the sport? Mike, you go first. All right, um, so me, I grew up as a small town boy in New Jersey, northeast New Jersey, um, I was used to going to the Continental Airlines Arena with my dad back when it was called that. Now it's called the Prudential Center. Um, mm -hmm. My dad gave me my first pair of uh, roller hockey skates probably around the age of three. And wow. we were out the there. Yeah, we were out there on the... We actually had an outdoor concrete rink where the pipes were actually steeled into the ground. Um, and we were out there almost every day. We were just enjoying it. Oh, that's fun. That's yeah. really fun. So I, I grew up with that, and I grew up as a Devils fan, you know, uh, just enjoying it, watching the guys of, like, Peter Sikora, uh, Patrick Elias, you know, uh, Ken Danico, mm -hmm. Martin Brodeur. Those were my guys growing up. Like, I didn't become a Lightning fan until probably 2014, 2015, maybe. Oh, wow. That's so, really recent. Yeah. So, like, uh, I've always enjoyed hockey i've always enjoyed the back in the day it was the fights now it's the nitty and gritty it's it's the grind 
and I love to see the young guys step up to the plate and um, and nail it. It's it's incredible to watch. Like you see these guys like Braden Point who they look young and when they come into the league and they end up being top line players within the first few years. There's there's a lot in on it, man. I'm looking forward to this upcoming Winter Olympics, man. I'm hoping to see some of our Florida men on the Olympic team. Yeah. I, I hope so because the Olympics definitely need it. I think it's incomplete without NHL players. Of course. Gary Bettman really needs to do something with this. If he's letting John Cooper, Barry Trotz, Pete DeBoer, and Bruce Cassidy coach Team Canada's Olympic team, there's got to be something in it for NHL players. They can't just let NHL coaches coach in the Olympics and not let any of the players play. That's, exactly. That's rotten, if you, if you ask me. Who would you like to see for goaltender on Team US if you had to pick somebody? Oh, well. If I had to oh, pick man, anybody, because I I think our I think our main man retired. Yeah. yeah. He did. Oh man. Crazy to think about. Is Dreger American? I want to say he is Dreger, or isn't Robin Leonard? Oh, Robin Leonard might be as well. I'll take those two. <laughs> I'll I'll, okay. I'll I'll take those two guys. <laughs> Seriously, like, I know that the Russians haven't made with Vasilevsky and Varlamov, but, yeah. like, you know, the the Americans kind of need to shine a little bit. I mean, because, like Dylan said, usually when it's in the Olympics, all we hear about is Crosby. So I'd like to see some of the Americans get into it and, uh, you know, show what they're made of. Honestly, yeah. the Summer Olympics, though, wasn't that terrible for us. That wasn't too terrible. No, the U.S. made it out pretty well. I think we led in gold medals by one, and oh, I'm yeah. very fortunate for whichever athlete it was to earn we that last gold medal. We were five for most of the event. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm not not surprised the Americans ha- have always uh, been known to do well in the Olympics. So, mm-hmm. love- Same we lost Michael, though. Yeah. Unfortunate. But, you know, besides the fact, you know, we had we had some gold medalists from this season. You know, we had Gable Stevenson with uh, wrestling came out. Unfortunately, we lost a lot of our uh, athletes to COVID. Yeah, unfortunate. Unfortunate. We, we get through, though. Yeah. yeah. Right, so my answer for um, what got me into hockey or how I started, I confidently claim myself as one of the few people officially born into it. Mm. So I count my first ever playoff game, and I was mistaken earlier, but my first playoff game was actually the Thunderdome. Wow. um, Which is now Tropicana Field, where the Rays play. Right. So that playoff game was the Lightning versus the Flyers, and it was my mom and dad, um, I was still in the womb at this point, but <laughs> I confidently believe that I'm like channeled this energy from Tropicana Field, the Thunderdome at the time, into myself, which created me into the human being I am today. And from that point, my hockey career um, basically ended up just being a fan, um, picking up rollerblading extremely quick. Um, I always say that I rollerbladed before I could walk and rollerbladed before I could bike. And it was just every day in the street, well, not in the street, in the in the driveway, shooting at a net. Every day in the driveway, shooting at a net over and over and over. And then eventually it led to 2004, which is where the Bolts made the playoff run, where I was lucky enough to attend every home game for the Islanders in seven, the Montreal in roughly five. Um, I don't think we swept them. We might have. Um, I, the Islanders in, I believe, seven after that, six or seven, and eventually Calgary in seven. And that environment was one of the greatest ever. And fortunately, I was lucky enough to see guys like Primo and... Um, uh, Jerome McGimla play, Kippersoff, obviously a legend in that. Um, 
I credit that guy 100% in the fact that he made it as far as he did with the roster he had. Unbelievable. And yeah. just to close out the year with um, Dave Andrewchuk hoisting that cup pretty much on my birthday. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's something to truly believe in. And then you work your way up. Um, my teen years where the Bolts obviously had their struggles, couldn't really find a solid coach. Um, eventually landed Rick Tockett. Guy Boucher, I thought, had it. And then all of a sudden, Guy Boucher is like, no, I'm going to go to Ottawa instead. And I'm like, uh, and then John Cooper, and now my adulthood. So I'm much more thankful mm-hmm. that we've got a championship roster, championship belt, cups all over the place, and um, apparently the con Smythe on goaltender's head. I, if you told me 10 years ago that the con Smythe trophy will be on the top of our goaltender's head, I wouldn't believe it. But here we are. Yeah, I mean, I've I've had quite a few hockey memories myself. I, I remember, I remember vaguely uh, being in the Continental Airlines Arena watching the Devils. Uh, I remember watching them play against Calgary when Jerome McGinley was part of their team. Uh, I, I remember being, I want to say, close to the front row where I was able to see Jerome McGinley's face at least. It really a fun time for me, but I mean, like probably my favorite time of being in that arena was um, back in 1997. I was three at the time. My dad took me to this game. The Devils were playing against the Montreal Canadiens, and it's one of the, it's probably the most famous Devils video to date where Martin Brodeur scores his first goal. That's amazing that you were in attendance for that. Yeah, it was. It, that's, I, that's insane. The only, I can watch that over and over and over again. The only way that I remember that night is that I remember Martin jumping up and down on the ice and everybody going nuts. That's the only way that I remember <laughs> that night. I remember yeah, seeing remember. Martin <laughs> jumping up and down on the ice, the devils hugging him. And all the Devils fans screaming, bro door, bro door, bro door. <laughs> like, this this guy was insane. It's pretty much why the trapezoid is, is there in the first place now. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, he is the reason why the trapezoid was added. And I find it very interesting that we're going we're gonna to see it um, in the Olympics here coming up. Um, there actually isn't a trapezoid in the IIHF, and I do right. not believe there's one in the Olympics either. Right. Correct. You'd be right on that. It's um, yeah. Um, so that'll be interesting to see if anybody tries to pull a fast one. Yeah, absolutely. I actually haven't seen where it's set to take place yet. Yeah, I haven't seen it either. I, I, I've never seen a trapezoid in uh, the IIHF. And I don't remember seeing it in the Olympics the last time I saw any hockey players in the Olympics, at least from the NHL level. Um, no. But it'll be fun to watch. I definitely so going hope. Going off this topic here of the Olympics, um, I know I, I watch a lot of television and stuff, but how do you guys feel about the loss of the camera angle where they put the camera on the top of the glass and then run it? as a rail back and forth because they have it in the Olympics and I love seeing it. They also try to play off of it in NCAA as well but I would love to see that in the NHL and it just hasn't happened. Oh, I think it would work really well. I think it would get some great camera angles. Yeah, I think it works. Um, I also like the camera angles that they have when we're in regular season hockey where you have somebody that's uh, practically in the crowd because it helps to see where the puck is at all times and you know and you have the cameramen that are right next to the glass that are able to see it up close and personal so it's either way it's going to be fun to watch i know what you're talking about i love that angle and the funny part is where whenever they have that angle and it's like behind the team i'm rooting for is net so where they could be scored on, I've never seen a goal scored from that angle, and it's fantastic. So I'm like, yes, I know this isn't going to go in this time. <laughs> it's kind of like when you're watching uh, PGA and the Cameron loses the golf ball. 
no, that's so embarrassing. It's so bad, but it's so funny at the same time. I mean, uh, these this season and with the Olympics coming into play, I don't even know how this is going to work because the Winter Olympics are going to start in January of 2022. Unless the guys get some kind of a break, they're, I don't know how it's going to work out for their season. I, I don't think they're going to be able to because it's just about right after, like a month, maybe not even. Yeah, because they have to be, not only do they have to be ready, but they have to, you know, they have to be over there and they can't just move from there to where they're playing next, you know. They have to stay with Team USA or Team Canada or whoever they're playing with. I'm sure they'll rest up while they can, though. They're definitely going to need it. Yeah, I'm, I'm seeing that if they allow NHL players to play, and I doubt it. The only reason why I doubt it is because, like, it's in the middle of the season. It'll be in January, and at right. that time, you know, at that time. Yeah, I don't know how they'd make that work in that time they have games to be played like from what I'm seeing there is going to be games in January nine games in Jan, uh, beginning of January eight games most is going to be like 15 games on the 15th 13 games on the 6th there's going to be a lot of games to be played so I don't know how the NHL is going to allow their players to play the bracket's huge as well yeah and also you're playing guys in the Olympics and obviously they're paid under their organizations and you also have the potential of them getting hurt playing these games. So exactly. I imagine the risk of injury has a role in this too. I would think. But Yeah, we, we just have to see. Wasn't there something that they tried to implement in COVID times of like you can't hit like like you can't like you can't hit people into the boards or something? They were trying to go off of some rule like that, but they, it never went into place. Yeah, I, that's how I feel about it too. It would have been. It, nice. it wouldn't have. It wouldn't have worked because then also you have those people who are like, um, you know, bring fighting back. Those kinds of people as well. Yeah, that would be the only thing I think that would force NHL players to be able to participate in the Olympics is like to literally eliminate the potential of injury. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how you do that without hitting somebody. Like, you you see these penalties that are being drawn, and even we say that they're, like, a little far-fetched. Like, to determine whether somebody is trying to stop and they still hit a player, it's still going to be difficult yeah, to call. Yeah, too much controversy, and then all of a sudden you're dealing with stoppage after stoppage, and you're watching a four-hour-long hockey game. You can't be dealing with that. Absolutely. Like, it's going to be... It's going to be tough from what I see. The beginning of the season, at least, we'll start with the Tampa Bay Lightning playing at home against the Pittsburgh Penguins on Tuesday, October 12th. Uh, that's that's going to be a great game. Absolutely. I uh, love season openers against the Penguins. It's so much fun. As well Not as... Both fan bases going back and forth with each other. You have two of the brand-new teams of the league playing against each other on the same night. Seattle Kraken plays the Vegas Golden Knights on the road in Vegas. I can't wait to see the Panthers go up against the Islanders again. My first ever hockey game was a Panthers-Islanders game at uh, at home, actually, at Panthers' home. And they got sweeped real bad. Who's your favorite Panthers player? Uh, they've rotated rosters since then. I don't even remember most of their old roster from when I first saw the play. It was back in, like, 2013. Okay, fair. Like, uh, if I had to pick anybody from Florida, I don't gotta be Barkov. Guy who I used to like on that team before he ended up getting traded to Carolina was, uh, Vinny Trocek. Yeah, Trocek would be my pick. Trocek and Barkov were mine. Yeah. Marsha Shaw was obviously in my heart for, for down there, but he's in my mind common sense. Yeah. Trocek or Barkov would be my choice. Yeah. Um, predictions for October 12th with the Lightning against the Penguins. Predictions like who's going to win? Yeah, absolutely. Is that a question? Um, yeah. 
<laughs> really? I, 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 I got pulled all the way. I, I'm going to say Lightning. My prediction of yeah. this game is 4-3. Honestly, I think it's going to be a bit of a close game. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying 4-3 Lightning. Yeah, I think the last time we played them, it was a close game. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game, so that's why I'm saying it'll be 4-3. Mm-hmm. to three. I'll say... Yeah. Who's going to be in net for them? Is it Murray? I don't know right now, because I think Murray's on the down end right now. I, I, I really don't know. Yeah, but as yeah. of... We're definitely going to out-goaltender. We can out-goaltender any, whoever. But, um, yeah, it's just a matter of if our, our defense can stand up to a high-powered offense. Looks like... Um, Defense was huge last season. I'm sure we'll be okay this season coming around. I'm definitely open for a third year. I think that they're going to go with Jari. For oh, yeah, Jari. That'd be a good call. Yeah, yeah, Jari. But, you know, for us, we don't have to worry about much with Vassy being in it. The only thing we have to worry about is the defense. Yep, exactly. Our forwards. Same page. Same page. <laughs> Our vote, we also uh, have to think... It's still early season. Not much to worry about yet. No, not much to worry about yet. Um, fun news to look at is Seattle and Vegas, the two new teams that came into the league. Should be exciting. West Coast is doing great, though. These upcoming few seasons, they've been doing really well. Yeah. Um, Speaking of the West Coast. If I'm not mistaken, yesterday is the anniversary of Wayne Gretzky going to the Kings. Yes, absolutely. That is exactly, exactly what it was. The great one going to the L.A. Kings and then uh, would go on to finish his career with the New York Rangers. Jeez, what a man. I believe the Lightning's home opener, um, when they moved into the Ice Palace, Gretzky played. I don't think he played well, but he played... But, of course, you know, when the great one doesn't play well, that's like two points a game. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, this day um, this day in hockey history, yeah, you 100% nailed it, was uh, Wayne Gretzky, traded to the LA Kings. Wow, how's that? And I didn't even look it up. <laughs> it's crazy to think how time has flown. It's crazy, like, because I remember seeing the great one play against, like, Marc Messier and, and those kind of guys, so it's pretty, you know, astonishing mm-hmm. to to see stuff like that. Also, on this day, in 1995, the former Quebec Nordiques officially named themselves the Colorado Avalanche. Wow. So the franchise was given to Colorado after... Uh, Quebec went under. What did their logo look like, Mike? Um, it looked like an N with a with a it, the N looked like an igloo with a stick attached to it with a puck at the end. Oh, the elephant logo. It right. looks like an elephant. Yeah, right. that one. Okay, I, I've seen it before. Yeah, I, 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 I know what that is. That. Yeah, it's like Colorado's alternate jersey now. I think, or it's like on their yep. shoulder. Uh, yeah. It says uh, Remembrance, if I recall correctly. Yep, it's an iconic, iconic uh, logo that they have. So, incredible. And also, on this day in hockey history, the Mighty Ducks of Anaheim completed the first trade in history, in their franchise history, two months before beginning their inaugural season. They sent a third-round pick to the Montreal Canadiens for forwards Todd Ewan and Patrick Karnback who had won the Stanley Cup earlier that spring. Wow, that, that was a huge trade. Absolutely, huge numbers. Uh, fondest memory of, like, the Mighty Ducks were... Jeez. I just remember seeing uh, Scott Stevens <laughs> nail... Salani for me. Yeah. Just incredible rookie. Yeah, like uh, that's it's the one thing I remember was Scott Stevens nailing, um, who's uh, what's the name I'm thinking of? Paul Korea, that's what it I was, was just about to say Korea. Yeah, that, and then 
astonishingly enough, after being knocked completely out, Paul Creed gets right back onto the ice and scores not one but two goals. Insane. Doesn't pick them up right. Was that like the was that the famous one that was like a breakaway? Yep. That was that one. He gets knocked out cold by Scott Stevens at center ice. Gets picked up by his teammates, skates over to the bench, comes back onto the ice like I want to say five minutes later, scores a goal on a breakaway, and then scores one in the slot. Either something pissed him off or something set him straight. I want to say it's a little bit of both. <laughs> <laughs> I think getting I think getting knocked out by Scott Stevens pisses you yeah. off, but I you think got it a also hook. yeah. That was one of the guys that I that I looked up to in the league was Scott Stevens because of how, how much of a powerhouse he was. Because without him, he he doesn't win a cup. Right. You, you had guys like him and um, but like those were legendary players when we were growing up. Like I remember, uh, Yarmir Yager and Jerome McGinley, Paul Correa, Scott Stevens, and Mark Messier, the great one Wayne Gretzky and insane just to see where time goes you go from you know Wayne Gretzky to Alex Ovechkin to Sidney Crosby insane to see where things go honestly listening to you guys these past couple episodes I've listened to the podcast makes me wish I watched the sport more growing up yeah I mean it growing up really uh at least growing up in the north too i was all around hockey since I was very young. Uh, like I said, mostly a Devils fan. I have family uh, that are Rangers fans that have went to Madison Square Garden to uh, mm-hmm. to watch the Rangers and um, Henrik Lundqvist and to see them do uh, amazing things in their building. But like I said, it was iconic when I was growing up with uh, the guys that we had back then. When you really think about it, um, as far as the NHL goes, and like you missed out on watching it in your younger years, not much has changed. I mean, the NHL Shield obviously they went from the classic like orange and black logo to like what black it is white. now, and you had like old time guys pulling like sick moves like um, Gatsby mm-hmm. is like a classic one where the man can do anything with a stick, a puck, and two skates on his feet. But then, like, current days, you have a guy like Svechnikov who can scoop a puck on his stick, flip it around the net, and then put it top shelf without it touching the ground, you know? Like, you still have those classic moves and the the refs, the fans, the coaches. I mean, you don't have as many coaches jumping up on the railing, screaming at each other. That that I kind of (laughs) think. I I do remember that. I do think (laughs) you remember that. I you know, like the biggest differences I see in the league are mostly the refing and the fighting. Mm-hmm. The fighting's definitely changed. I, I remember, like, it was like a boxing match watching two guys slug it out back in the day, and now they're, they're the second that they even start fighting, both guys go to the box for roughing, not even for fighting. Those used to be like five minute game misconducts. Now they just go to the box for two minutes for roughing. I guess they don't want to waste time anymore. Yeah, they're trying, they would try to speed up the game, I would imagine. Yeah. I was but, yeah, telling Dylan earlier, uh, Mike, my dad, when I was younger, tried to get me into boxing. I never enjoyed watching it, uh, mainly just because I deal with post-traumatic stress uh, because of personal reasons. I never enjoyed it that much. Mm-hmm. But getting into hockey within recent years, seeing the difference in how much the fighting of hockey changed and how much everyone else supports each other, even though they fight with each other. But there's a reason behind it. Absolutely. You know, it's not just yeah. fighting for no reason. Uh, I'd be... Most of the time. <laughs> I have, I have, I have I seen have. those fights before, but from what I've seen, it's mostly, you know, there's a reason why they dropped the glove. Yeah, it was it was funny. Like I remember back in the day, guys would just drop the gloves just to drop the gloves, just to have fun. Like there is a video; it's very it's it's famous, at least to me, where I remember George Laurent. <laughs> he 
you see him uh, in the middle of the face-off. I think he's on the right wing at the time, and he asks the, the guy across from him, he's like, hey, you want to go? <laughs> the guy's like, uh, yeah, sure. He goes, wait for the puck drop? Yeah. And after the puck drops, they're, they're at it for at least two minutes. They're finally picked apart, and then you hear, good one, guys. <laughs> it, it was fun. It was funny, like, back then. Like, and most of the times back then, it was either that or they really hated each other. Yep. Like, it's not even smart to draw to draw penalties so that you, you get your opponent to draw a penalty. It's more so now for the at least it yeah, looks like for the hell of it now, now to like boost your team's momentum like if you're if you're down you fight them and you try to like give your team some some energy there absolutely uh, pat maroon said earlier this week that he thinks it's um he thinks the lightning are capable of three-peating thoughts um oh i totally believe it i totally believe in the three-peat I mean, as Jesse said earlier. I feel like they have a good chance if they know what they're doing. If they stick to what Cooper said in Quest for the Cup, if they stick to the process, it'll work out. But with, for sure. But with, you know, the West Coast being involved, it's going to be tough against Colorado at least I don't see Montreal going back to the promised land I don't think so at all um, no no we're definitely going to see a couple of new teams um in this end game I guess you'd call it um Colorado most likely being one of them um you might see Carolina push themselves in there I'm still I'm still Coyotes man I'm still I'm still right there with them but um Darcy Kemper is a tough loss I don't I won't be surprised if I see that Seattle at least gets into the first round of the playoffs. Oh, I'm I'm sure Seattle will definitely get playoffs. I don't think they're going to make the cup though. Definitely no. don't think they're going to make it towards the cup. No, definitely th- don't think they make the cup. Definitely think that they get into the Great playoffs take. though. Great take. Definitely think they get into the playoffs though with guys like Mark Giordano and and, and all the, and you know Yanni Gord, he'll probably be their starter. Like I said in episodes past, you know. I say if they're lucky, two stages at most. Yeah, I'm. Yeah. I don't. I want to say that they go at least second round, if anything like that. They'll probably go second round, and that's where they'll that's where they'll fall. If they yeah, make it to third hold, stage, yeah. that that'd be a a rough turnout. No miracle if they go three. Yeah. Because if you're think, if you're even thinking about three, you're you're playing teams. You're you're playing Vegas. You're playing Colorado. I wanted right. to play the Coyotes. Because I know that probably not. I know that San Jose is not going to be an issue. I know that LA is not going to be an issue. Arizona might give them a little bit of trouble, but I think Seattle pulls it out in I want to say at least six or seven games. It'll probably take them seven, being that they're a new team and that they don't have uh, all the pieces that they need. But with Yanni Gord being a powerhouse over there on top of, you know, having their, their goaltenders up front, and I, I think that they're going to do well. I think they'll go second round and they'll falter after that. I'd love to see them up against the Islanders again this year. <laughs> oh, man. I don't want to see the Islanders anymore. After they, I, it, it's it's getting to be a bit much, it, but I'd still love to see it. It's always a great game. Yeah, it it was great at first until I saw the cross check to point, point getting called for the cross check, ramming your the your opponent into your own goaltender, like after that. I'm, and, so, and, I'm so frustrated at that. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I think I, I think I've been over this on on the show once before. Yeah, I, I was actually, I was on a Discord call with Dylan when it happened. Yeah, after that, yes, I was like, that is, that is accurate. That is accurate. <laughs> I actually, I was, I was fuming, angry, and I actually had headphones on. I had the game on my phone, and I heard it. And what was going on 
and it I literally stopped playing the game and drew my attention to the phone because it was that ridiculous. Yeah, I mean it was it was blatant. How do you call point for that? <laughs> That's above me. Uh, like I get that they're trying to protect the goaltender, but again, it's the aggressor. Point doesn't fight back. He doesn't try to elbow. He doesn't try to use his stick. He literally can't stop. He's being pushed into the goaltender. He and was trying st- to stop. He buckled his right foot, like, as a hockey stop and couldn't. Like, he almost lost his footing. Nothing, he almost completely lost his footing from the replays that I saw. Yeah. I don't know what edges he has on his skates, but I've got some pretty sharp edges. And if I'm putting my skate like that, either A, I'm losing an edge literally losing the like the edge falling off of my skate or you you simply fall into the goaltender there's two options there at that point just take a knee man yeah at, at this point I, like, I think it could have been worse for him if he took the knee because then all of a sudden you're nose to nose with a with a goaltender's skate blade which isn't right. fun either yeah, right and and like it it got to be a little much, even for the players, because the players were getting heckled by not just Islanders fans, but Canadians fans. They couldn't go out to eat as a team. They had to sit in their hotel room because they're being belittled by fans. Fans were actually throwing things at Lightning players when uh, the Lightning were up near the Bell Center to play against Montreal, and when the Lightning went over uh, to the Coliseum to play against uh, New York. Just, guys, the there's no place for that. There's, yeah, there, there's no place. Yeah, absolutely no place for that. I mean, I, I get that you're passionate. I get you're a passionate fan about your team, but there's no reason whatsoever to throw things at players who are just sitting down trying to have a nice meal. Like, especially when they're away from their families and everything, just leave them alone at that point. Mm-hmm. Let, let everyone have their peace and time, man. Yeah. If they want to interact with you, they'll interact with you. But otherwise, just leave them alone. Same thing with actors, too, man. If you want to go up and say hi to them, by all means, just fucking be polite to them. Yeah, absolutely. Like, um, the most heartwarming thing that I've seen from um, an athlete, really, was Patrick Mahomes. When uh, he won the Super Bowl... Uh, he was out with his then girlfriend or um, he proposed to her I believe after the night that they won and uh, they were out to dinner and nobody bothered them and before he left he's like you know what guys Uh, he tells everybody in the restaurant thank you guys for not interrupting me every meal that's in this restaurant is on me he paid for everybody he paid for everybody's meals because nobody bothered him just Do you know a nice how much guy. That bill ended up being? Uh, no idea. I I would guess it's probably in the thousands. Couple, a couple thousand. Yeah, I would think. Because I know some. I know sometimes when like a whole team goes out to celebrate and things like that. I've seen one photo of the when the Bruins won, that they had a photo of. I I want to say it was their bar tab. Mm. I want to say it was their bar tab, and the bill ended up being like. I want to say eighty-six thousand dollars. Wouldn't be surprised. Doesn't shock me. <laughs> yeah, maybe even more than that. I think with the tip, it was even more. Uh, definitely six figures. Maybe definitely one hundred eighty-six thousand. Might be. <laughs> I wouldn't be been, shocked. It could have been six figures. I know. I remember eighty-six thousand specifically. It was one or the other. I wouldn't be shocked. I wouldn't be surprised. But I'm gonna go ahead a full, and a full team. That's that's honestly not bad. No. Nah. Most of them covered for self, and then rest is covered by the league anyways. Yeah. I'm just going to wrap it up now uh, with uh, closing out with an update on Sonia Bryson, the national anthem singer for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, She's doing much better, still has a cough, still has her breathing issues, but is in breathing therapy and uh, to strengthen her lungs and uh, trying to expand her lung capacity. So... Guys, continue to show her support. Continue to send prayers to her and her family. Uh, let's hope that she gets through. Remember, uh, got to think of others in this time uh, with COVID and the new Delta variant and everything. So stay safe. 
uh, wear a mask, you know, just uh, do what you need to do to to help out your community and, and help each other because it, it's really in hard times like this that we need it. Anybody else? Anybody got cl any closing any closing topics to discuss? I don't have I, any closing topics, but I would like to thank Jesse for really showing up and showing out on the show for us. The, the, the yeah, of course. Yeah, thank you, Jesse. And um, of course, you guys don't forget um, keep up to date on social media and stuff like that. The t-shirts and shorts, I believe, designs are on the way. Hopefully soon. I'm really excited for all of them, actually. Yeah, I I'm hoping to buy some for myself. Yeah, I actually and posted. I customizable options are available. Yes, I actually posted the pictures on the Craftsnet Twitter page at Snapshot91. The shirts look nasty. They are red and they're black with red and white letterings. They kind of look like the UFC logo, but in white instead of all red. And uh, on the back would ha would have your name. I'm doing my first name and my favorite two numbers in the league, 21. So um, if anybody wants, me. so if anybody wants to look at that, give me a shout out on my Twitter handle at nhlmike94. You can hit up Dylan on his Twitter page. Dylan, what's your at? At double727. All right. And with that, we're going to go ahead and close the show out. Dylan, you said it last time. Go ahead and say it tonight. Um, you guys, don't forget if you're a defenseman out there playing some hockey, always, always, always crash that net. Have a good night.